Oh, thank you. Our drinks are here. Yay! <laughs> okay, so guys, this is Person About Town. Today, we're with Audrey. Tell us about yourself. Hi, hi everybody listening. I, my name's Audrey. I live in Cambridge. That's where we are right now. And uh, I, do, I do some stuff in Boston. And those things are some comedy, some sketch. Um, I produce some sketch comedy. This is all film stuff. Do some acting as well, directing, writing, all that, all that junk. Nice. Yeah. And tell them where we are specifically and why you chose it. I am sitting here with Kenise in the backest boothest of uh, a bar called Lord Hobo. Um, it's on Hampshire Street right outside of Kendall Square. And I love it. It's funny, actually, my first, okay, again, you can't see them, air quotes, Boston gig, the first comedy I ever got cast in was about five and a half years ago, a project called 617. And uh, I met another actress there that we both ended up getting cast. Her name's Chris Sidberry. And she was like, oh, I live in Cambridge. And there are two cool bars. One of them is the Enormous Room in Central. And one of them is Lord Hobo and Kendall. And I rarely remember anything. I have a terrible, terrible memory. And I remember both of those names. Before I lived in Boston, like, I was living up on the North Shore forever. And both of them stuck out in my head as like, oh, this person I think is cool. She says this is a fun bar to go to. So fast forward five and a half years till now, um, I'm living right down the street. I work equidistant from home, uh, from home and Lord Hobo is right in the middle. Um, and I'm here all the time, so, yeah. And it sucks because the enormous room isn't a place anymore. It is not. That is absolutely true. Um, it was on top of Central Kitchen. It is now called Brick and Mortar, which um, is, I, I won't let myself go back there, actually. Yeah, there was, there was an incident. Some people say gin-cident. And uh, that night ended in me losing my wallet. I had scratches and bruises all over my legs. And in where my wallet was, in my back pocket of my jeans, I found the next morning a matchbook. And if anybody has been to Brick and Mortar, their matchbook has uh, a little set of handcuffs on them. And it says something like, like guilty as charged or like criminal intent or something like that. So where my wallet was in my pants, that had been swapped out for a little matchbook with handcuffs on them. So I have not back, been back since the gin incident. <laughs> it used to be, and maybe it's because I would go on like a Thursday, it was like a little bit more spaced out, and now it's like super crowded all the time, and they like have a fake line. Yep. Yeah, and uh, the DJ is really mean. I'm sorry, I, I know people that work there. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I love you guys. Like, people go after work. It's, it's a fun spot to go because it's open really late. But it's just kind of like a, a, a crush of people yeah. and things, and like you're waiting a really long time for drinks, and I don't know. Central's weird though. Like Central is like the New Orleans, I feel like, of Cambridge. Like it's just like bums everywhere and everything's open late and it's like I don't know, it just seems kind of seedy. What frustrates me about Central is that it it feels like it's trying to be bigger than it is. So like a lot of places are like making lines or like having covers and it's like there should not be a cover for this. No, 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 no. We're we're on Mass Ave. Um, you know, total everything is cool like with with like if you go down Miracle of Science, like towards MIT, it's like chiller. Then just as you're walking up towards Harvard, Harvard Square, it's like, I could get sneakers at like 12.30 at night, you know? And like, then oh, like your little packies open and I could walk in there and just feel uncomfortable and then like lines. Yes. It's not right. No, I don't like lines. 
That's why we're here at Lord Hovo. There are no lines. In fact, uh, I will say most of the tables are empty. How do they stay afloat? Is it are, are there busier times? I'm guessing. Yeah. So like later, this is what one of one of the places you could say would be like an industry bar. So you know, around 10:30, 11:30, 12:30, like this place will be full of everyone that works in a you know four mile radius will come here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you say industry, what do you mean? So that means people that work in the restaurant industry, like where those people like to go and drink. So that's like, I would call Lord Hobo an, an industry spot. Yeah. 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 So I think that speaks highly of it, that like the people who would know go here. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, it's just different. Like when you go to a place late, I'm, I'm a night owl. And uh, when you want to go out in Boston at 1230, like you got to know where you can get in, like where they're not going to be like, lights on, finish your drinks. You know, you got you to know the places that are going to stay open that much later. So, yeah. Everyone come here at 12.30. Um, I'm drinking Frenette Branca. Have you had Frenette before? Yes? Good. I'm, I'm proud. Yeah. This is, it tastes like uh, if you brush your teeth and then immediately drink a Diet Coke afterwards. That's, that's when I brush my teeth and drink a Diet Coke, uh, which is, you know, not infrequently. Uh, I'm like, this tastes like Frenette. Um, but it's a, a Italian Amaro, bitter, digestif. And it uh, was the only liquor allowed in America during Prohibition because they marketed it as medicinal. So people would be like, oh, I'm just leaving this bottle of Fernet in my bathroom in case I get a little tummy ache or something, you know. And uh, so it stuck around for that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is my first drink of the day. And, Kenise, you're not drinking this month. so Just for the month. So I'm going to double up for you. Yeah, I have, I have the Fernet here listeners and then I have a Prosecco as my my next chapter <laughs> chapter one for net chapter two sparkling wine just some nice sparkling wine yeah I wish I could not drink for January I wish I had that courage it's more like a poverty thing okay. <laughs> so like with poverty comes the need to cut out something and I can yeah you can always say like no I'm trying to lose weight or it really helps with my health or like it's part of this thing that I'm doing with somebody else you don't know them don't ask questions but like it's being accountable for like a really good friend of mine that also doesn't want to drink I just wish that if the weather was better and like the days were if we were in Australia I could do no juice January and it's summer there, and like they're getting more sunshine. Like maybe I would be like, I could do something good for myself because I don't want to just hobbit in my apartment and drink and wait for April. You know, it's tough. So I respect that. I appreciate that. So wait, okay. So you moved to Boston from the North Shore. How did you end up at the in the North Shore? So I went to undergrad at a college on the North Shore. And that, I transferred there. Uh, I didn't start out there. My sister went there for art, and I was really unhappy at the school that I was uh, started at in Indiana. And I'm crying on the phone to her every night, and she's like, oh, just come to Boston and major in theater and just, like, stop wasting our minutes. Like, you're, like, you're not happy. Like, just change something. And I say, oh, my God, it makes so much sense. Oh, my God. So uh, I transferred um, out here. I was with her uh, at school for a year. And I really liked Boston. I know that this is uh, a reoccurring theme of your podcast, because we all live here. We have to say good things about it at some point when we're on the record. But I had visited 
the city of Boston um, in the winter growing up, my dad would come up here for work for like four days and we would all pack like all of our stuff into like a little Toyota Camry and drive and stay down like downtown for my dad's work conference. And it was in literally the middle of January, February. It's about like this out, 20 degrees. And I was like enchanted. I thought it was weird and small and all the trees were lit and everything was icy and frosty and, and I felt like everyone that lived here was smart and like was wearing like smart winter clothing and I, I just thought it reminded me of Philly which I grew up right outside of Philly but just a little bit more excitement so I transferred uh, to North Shore to Gordon College uh, majored in theater and then I was like I don't really want to go back to Delaware if I can help it, like ever. It's a very nice place to leave, is what I always say. And then just, yeah, just started working like in between sophomore and junior year during the summer so I didn't have to go home and been here since then. Yeah, transplant. So wait, you're from Delaware? I am. Yeah. You're the only person I've ever met from Delaware. That is usually the first thing that people say when I tell them that I'm from Delaware. It's a, the second small state, home of tax-free shopping. We, the Dead Poet Society was filmed there. And uh, it's rumored that Fight Club was based in Wilmington, Delaware, but they didn't want to. Chuck Palahniuk never wrote it in the story. I don't think. I've read it. I'm trying to remember. I don't think he ever wrote it in the story. And they didn't put it in the movie because they were afraid with, like, like copycats would start Fight Clubs in Wilmington after the movie came out because it was, like, such a cult hit. And people were just in love with Brad Pitt's character and thought, you know, it was, like, timely or whatever. What else, what else? It's the only state that uh, the capital is not accessible by a major highway. Okay. Uh, and most times people say, I've never met anyone from Delaware, and the Wayne's World reference. What's the Wayne's World reference? So in the Wayne's World movie, um, they're in front of the green screen, and they're like in different places, and then the green screen changes, and they're, they're like, we're in Delaware. Delaware. <laughs> And they just look around, they don't have anything to say about it. So, yeah, that's like the only two things is I've never met anyone from there and Wayne's World. And you act, how did you get into that and how did, like, when did you know that you wanted to do that? I always wanted to know, I always wanted to act, always. I did um, a really awesome short film, the only horror movie I've ever done, called Once in a Blue Pill. And we had a very long, very uh, intricate and awesome, lengthy rehearsal process before filming, which is different. For film, usually the rehearsal is on set, yeah. as you know, some beforehand. But they say that you know the takes, that you doing multiple takes is your rehearsal. Yeah. Like it's all the 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 process and the product are happening at the same time. So we had a lot of rehearsal time, and uh, we sat down at one of the readings, and we went around, and the directors were amazing. And they were like, everybody go around and say what you wanted to be when you grew up. There's like. 20 people in the room. I was the only one that said I wanted to be an actor. Out of all these actors, everyone was like, I wanted to be a locksmith. That sounded so interesting as a child. Like, I just wanted to learn how to like open any lock. Someone's like, you know, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be this. And I was like, I wanted to do this, what we're doing right now. This is pretty great. I was, I was kind of pissed about that. Um, but I, yeah, uh, I grew up in a very tight-knit group of five my brother, my sister, and then our next door neighbors, which was two, uh, I'm like a guy and a girl. I'm like, that's weird to talk about children like that. But there was five of us, and uh, uh, between our mom and their mom, we were always creating. We were like, to, to the degree that some people find it like very strange when I tell them like the things that we got into. But like, 
art projects, music. Uh, we did. We made theater. Like we wrote. We would write musicals. We would stage them outside. We would charge people to see them. This is like we're very young. Yeah. Um, we did ballets. My brother like w got really into magic for a while. So if he didn't, if we didn't like cast him in one of our plays or musicals, he would come out at intermission and do magic tricks. Like we just, we were like, we were just into all of that. Um, uh, so my sister, as I said, she's artistic. She went into sort of the visual arts direction. I went sort of in the performing arts direction. And I, oh, I mean, like when drama club started in, I guess sixth grade, I was like the first one in line. I just like couldn't be stopped, you know? Um, and just was always, always doing plays, always doing musicals. I just really liked performing a lot. And then went to school for theater, which is fine. And then uh, degree, whatever, you know? And then uh, did a full-time like summer stock and fall stock for uh, the production company, theater production company that was run out of my school that did uh, historical reenactments of witchcraft trials in Salem. Okay. So everybody that was a theater major pretty much would do that in the summer, do that in the fall. And uh, that was amazing. It was like eight or nine shows a day. It's different now, but eight or nine shows a day, you're wearing full Puritan regalia, wool socks, wool capes in the in summer. Yeah. Um, we all had to create uh, our personas for street work. These people had to be based in history. They had to have names. They had to have families. They had to have where you lived, what you did, what, how you worked. So all of that. It was really intensive. And it was cool because I got paid to do it, yeah. you know? Um, Wait, do you remember your kick? Uh, I was... I wasn't... I'm, like, remembering other people's names. Mehedabel Griggs was one. Mehedabel... Uh, I, I was Lavender DuPont. Okay. That was my street character's name. And I had a beautiful purple bodice. And I came from some money. Um, I was an expatriate. Uh, the DuPonts, which I know about actually from my Delaware heritage, um, they founded uh, Gunpowder in, in Delaware, but they obviously came over and like started up in the Massachusetts area. Um, but we were like, we were hustling. I lived with two other actresses, both Leos, they were insane. Um, and did that f after I graduated through all the way through the fall. And then I got a little tired of theater, I guess. Um, it's a very long, and you have to be very invested in what you're doing. Right. And some, for some reason I felt creatively like, <clears throat> sorry, you're always, I feel like in theater, you have to find, you have to find stuff that's new theater it's I think it's a lot of like standing on the shoulders of and like grabbing that next round where you're doing musicals that everyone has done you know the plays the Albie plays you know like the David Mamet plays that that's already all been done before you know what I mean um, and I found that like oh I have this list of roles that I will like I will play in my lifetime in theater but that's based on you know some fantastic powerful fierce female that played it before me that I'm just trying to stand in her shoes you know, um, that was my experience when I was right out of college when I was younger. And then uh, I was like, I don't know. I, I used to be really passionate about this and now, now I'm not sure anymore. And uh, I worked in a theater. Uh, I worked up at Gloucester Stage Company for like a year and a half. Um, small theater, great, great theater. They needed a lot of help and they were like, you're great and organized. Like, yes, do whatever you want to do. Um, but then, sorry. For, for story's sake, um, two, two friends of mine from college, uh, they started a video production company. And uh, just the two guys, and they're called In The Car Media. And they would call me and say, 
hey, do you want to, like, just, like, PA, just maybe do makeup, you know, can you, like, hold a reflector, can you hold a boom? Oh, we need, like, you know, this real person to talk about this product, like, do you want to do that? And I started working with them just, you know, very casually, and I started thinking, I like this. I like this process. Just seems a little bit more tech, obviously very more technical than theater, but kind of what you put into it can come from just such a different place than being like a theater performer. And I thought, man, this is, I, I really like this. I want to just start going out and see if I can do film acting because I'd never taken any classes in it, hadn't been trained, you know, there's crossover of people, you know, you want to train in improv, you want to train in acting, you, you know, want to know your classics, all that. But I had never really, I didn't know how to film act. I'm like, I'm just going to try it and learn by experience. And did everything, just did student films, did short films. And nothing was paid, of course. Like, I, I remember my first paycheck that I got for acting. And I, like, was like, you know, when people put the dollar. Like, I was like, I just want to save this forever. Somebody paid me for this. It's really something. Um, and then mostly dramas, actually, like, all dramas. The only comedy I was really doing was if uh, my friends in In the Car Media needed something funny or weird. I was very comfortable around them because I'd known them for years and years and years. So um, went out for this series called 617 and it was three females. All three, I was like, I'd play any of these. Um, perspective character, lesbian, sort of dry. Uh, best friend character and roommate. Was she the roommate at the time? Down to earth, but fun, straight. Um, they wanted some ethnicity, non-Caucasian ethnicity for that. And then the third one, it was kind of like a Phoebe from Friends and she was just off the wall. They made fun of her a lot, but she made fun of herself a lot. And I went and read, not for the director, uh, Katie Shannon, she was in LA at the time, so this was all being taped and sent to her. And they like loved me. They had had, I think, two castings before the one I went to and hadn't casted anyone. And I was the first one that they found. And they were like, she has to be this character. Like, she, she has to be Alana. And that was like, I felt like somebody just like opened a door because I didn't think I was funny at all. I didn't have comedy training, it was just theater training, just very, you know, undergrad and basic kind of performing arts stuff. So from that, I felt like they, it was that eye that sometimes you need for somebody else to tell you what you're good at, yeah. you know? And that, it just seems like such a, like a mind fuck, like thinking about that now, where it was like, somebody just said, no, you're really funny. And all that work I kind of had put into, to know how to act on set and know how to pace myself and be natural, uh, not be so theatrical um, on camera. And then that's like, from that, I just was like, oh, cool. I, I want to do comedies now. This is awesome. I love it. Yeah. So tell uh, the listeners, I know a little bit about it, but the most recent web series that you did that you're going to be doing again soon. So I produced uh, a web series called K&A, which stands for Carly and Alex. That is my second web series with director Katie Shannon. She also did 617. And uh, this is a, our first season is out. It's five 10 minute episodes, which I call sink your teeth into stick to the ribs length. Uh, following these two girls around Boston, uh, one straight, one gay, uh, get into uh, some overindulging, uh, some over dependency issues on each other. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, 
went over really well. Uh, and uh, we are gearing up right now to do a second season, hopefully bigger and badder and bitchier and better. Um, and uh, Miss Kniece here, I don't know why I'm talking about you in the third person. <laughs> I like, I'm gonna grab the mic and just start addressing everyone in the bar. <laughs> Listen to me! Um, we just want some extra help for season two because Katie writes and directs and produces. Uh, I was writing, I was producing, I'm acting in it. Madden was assistant directing, producing, editing. And we were like, coming into the, like round two, we were like, we cannot do all this again. It was, it's just the three of us yeah. sitting at Starbucks. I'm like, how did we make all this? Like, how did this actually happen? I forget. So we were going into round two here. We're like, we just need, we just want more people from Boston. We know their work. We know we can trust them. I wanted a female, um, and I just put out a put out a call, and I, I, I was in charge of sort of the uh, uh, headhunting for the producer for season two, and I was like, I don't want to write a post. I don't want to do a classified. I don't. I want all of us to separately post it on our own personal social media pages and see who cares, who gives a shit enough to respond. Like I don't want to just go through resumes and resumes and resumes of people with like producing work. I want someone that knows me, that knows the product that we're making, and then and then pick from that. So, yeah. Yeah. It's it's scary, though. It's so scary to go into season two. Um, I miss Ashley a lot, and uh, I, want, I want it to be better. I think that's even more intimidating than making something from nothing. It's having something that... Yardstick to compare. Yes, exactly. So, we'll, we'll see. I... I a lot of people want more. That's the problem with when you make something good. They're like, okay, where's the rest of it? Yeah. Like, oh, that took like a year and a half. I'll get right on that, yeah. internet fan. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm glad you're on board. Yay! I'm also happy. Yeah. Can you s I don't know why I keep saying that. I'm going to just do that for, forever. Um, no, you're Austin Christmas... Xmas, I've said this to you before, but like the scope of that is so amazing within within the content that you made, but also like how you put it out there. I was so impressed with that. Well, thank you very much. I knew I knew like all of the actors in it, but I didn't know that it was you behind it until it was like fucking light bulb went off. I'm like, that's Kenise. Of course it is. So we're glad you're here. Yay! All right, let's get into some nitty gritty stuff. I say that, I have no idea, I'm just gonna ask you, you like. like a little shoulder, like a shoulder shake. Yeah. It's I really like, wish you could have seen that. <laughs> that was amazing. It's a, uh, I don't know why, I just imagined that happening on like a 90s like girl talk show. Right, right. So I just did like a shoulder shake that would happen there. Yeah. So I did it. It's like your catchphrase with like, with a, like a motion. Yeah. yeah, I'm into it. Gritty talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, gritty. Nitty gritty. All right, so some people around town might know you. What are some things that like, people don't know about you. Something that you'd be like, hey, exclusive, Kinesis Podcast, here's some deets about me. If you want to know the real story, listen to the podcast. That is a very good question. I did not prep myself for that question. Um, let's see. I'm going to start with a simple, and we'll get somewhere good. Uh, I'm terrified of moths. Like the insect moths? Yeah, yeah. This is before the Ashton Kutcher movie, like before moths and butterflies were like cool references in like horror films and like suspense stuff. Um, I am afraid they are going to fly into my mouth, <laughs> and the their the little uh, shards of their wings will dissolve, and then I'll just have like a moth grub like flopping around in my mouth, 
that can't get out. I'm really, really scared of moths. Are you asleep in this scenario so that you wouldn't be able to no. spit it out? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm awake, I'm sober, I see a moth and I have to like cover my mouth with my hand because I just think that like there's a light in the back of my throat and moths are gonna be like, I want in there. And I'm like, no, it's wet and you're gonna get trapped, stop. Um, yes, that's, that, that happened. Um, I have, I'm trying to think of other like, like totally uh, intrusive thought, like irrational fears, things that I have. Um, I had a dream once where uh, I was holding a bunch of tiny, tiny little hamsters that were like the size of tater tots, wait for it. So my hands are full of those and I, and I uh, made a fist with both of my hands and squeezed all of them to death. And I think about that sometimes. That's, that's obviously something I think about, I think about quite a bit. Uh, this is, yeah, it's just gonna be weird and, and trivial, but that's what's happening. Um, I've developed a recent allergy to peanuts that I will not address. That sucks. No, yeah, I don't, I'm gonna pretend that I don't have it and just eat peanut butter anyway and then be sick for like a day. What does the sickness entail? Um, like butt stuff, <laughs> butt stuff, <laughs> stomach, stomach, tummy stuff. Um, some friends of mine that, sorry if this is TMI, but you asked for it, Kenise. Um Number one, we know that's peeing. Number two, we know that's pooing. And then number three is the combination of those two. So number so number three happens. Um, but I like to eat peanut butter and apples. That's like my favorite snack. That's a lie. Uh, probably What's your actual favorite? Say probably Chex Mix. <laughs> That's a real healthy favorite snack. I'm totally lying. Like I love vegetables and fruits. So good. Oh my god. No, totally not. I'm a terrible eater. I I really am. I wish I was better. I'm trying to be better for the new year. What are your resolutions? Um, I want to have better relationships with my immediate family, uh, put more care and time into those. Um, I have a growing, my family is growing. Um, How? Like, like, baby, like babies wise. Are they eating too much? <laughs> Should they have a resolution? <laughs> it's accountable, yeah, whatever. Um, no, uh, yeah, there's, there's another baby on the way for my brother, so that'll be two for him. And then my brother-in-law has three right now, like three and a half, two, and like eight months. Um, just feel like family is like exploding. And I'm like, I want to spend more time on that. This is an important part of your life. Not my life, but your life. Are you going to have kids? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I am, I never... I never thought I would get married, and I never thought I would have kids. But you did one of those. But I did one of those things. I did, and I yeah, and I still am like, what? I did that? It's still it's still a surprise every day. Um, but I heard that when I heard that you wake up in your thirties one day and you just are like, I will fuck a homeless person. Like I need a baby inside of me tonight. Like I've heard that it's a switch that fast. So I'm scared. I'm not looking forward to that, and uh, we'll we'll see. I'll keep you posted. Okay. Hey, how many years do you have until your mid thirties? Are you are you really asking me this? Yeah. A gentleman never asks a lady <laughs> her age. I'm not a gentleman. Yeah. I, I said I had my birthday legally removed when I became an actor. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I'll just keep going on it. My my mom and dad have very good skin, so I can I, I lie all the time. I oh, okay. I'm gonna get on my I'm gonna get on my soapbox here. You you opened up a you opened up a can of worms. 
um, men are never asked what their age is when they go into an audition. Yeah. It's, do they look the part? Is it what the director or writer imagined? But women, you can be that, but you always get asked your age. That is a qualifier for whether you get cast or not. Whether or not you're exactly what they thought. Yeah. Unfortunately, that is what film is. It's a visual medium, but it never matters with men. And that, and that, and that pisses me off, you know? Yeah. So I... Did you hear about that um, actress that sued IMDb for posting her age? No. Do you didn't hear about this? So, like, it had to have been a couple years ago. So, a working uh, union actress in L.A., some, I want to say IMDb posted her age or someone posted her birth date online, uh -huh. and she looked, like, 15 years younger than she was. Yeah. You know what I mean? And she sued IMDb, and she won. Because she was like, that's like personal information that affects my career professionally. I have a right to be able to post that information yeah. or not. Um, and I love that. Like, I'm like, yeah, stand up, man. Because our, I mean, our shelf life as actresses, which I don't, I like to use the word actor, but shelf life as actresses ends at like 35. Yeah. Then your, the pay grade goes down. Like, your opportunities go down. The roles, the roles that you can even go out for are significantly less. So I'm not telling anybody. I totally understand. I've been told to lie about my age. I am, I've, it's already too late. My shit's out there. I'm 29. Uh, but people are like, oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, because they were like, yeah, you want to be like the new comedian? So you want to be like 25, 26 versus 29. Yeah, sure. I, I will go in into. Or am I just hearing that? Is there? Do you want it? Do you want one now? No, no, I don't. I certainly don't want at this moment, no. <laughs> I heard a baby scream at a bar and immediately I fucked a homeless man. <laughs> I just walked outside, I was like, put that screaming child inside of me. Um, uh, I will, when I get asked at auditions how old I am, I will answer what I think they want me to answer. Okay. I'm, I'm like, I'll play this game, let's do it. Yeah. I'll, lie, I'll straight up lie to you, I don't give a shit. Um, when I got signed to a talent agency, I was, had to like fill out the paperwork of how old I was, and I was like, what did I tell them in my first like seven meetings? I was like, they're gonna have to get like my social security card, my license like to pay me, and I was like, what have I done? Like I can't remember how old I told you I was. Wah. Champagne problems though, you know? And they believe me, I guess. Nice. Yeah. Um, I got told, I was, the beginning of last year, 2014, so like a year ago, I was like, I'm gonna get an agent, that's what everybody's doing. I feel like I've worked with a lot of people in Boston, maybe that's the next step. And uh, went and met a couple times at this uh, talent agency in uh, the South End, and I got like ripped to shreds. And this woman, it was an agency from New York that they have an office up here, yeah. and she was like, she was like, you're old. She's like, you don't look old, but you're old. And she's like, you're up against people that have been in New York for 10 years doing conservatory training, like having like real shit on their resume. She's like, no, no one cares what's on your resume. And she's like, you're already basically 10 years too late to, to even like, she's like, what? she's like, you don't even really need to go get classes because you're competing with people that you look the same age as, but have so much more training than you do. And I was like, wow tough love kind of you know like okay and that really hurt because I did learn from experience like I'm like I didn't go to BOCO I didn't go to NYU you know like I 
whatever that whatever leg up that gets you, that's fine. But I'm like, but I like have done a lot of shit that people think is good, yeah. and I'm consistent and professional. So yeah, that was tough. But yeah, that was one of the. It was like that's the voice that you always hear in your head of, like you're old, you know, you haven't made it in comparison to, you know, all these. And I'm like, whatever. I came away from that saying, do I really want her to be my agent? Does this this woman like is this is this really the connection I think is gonna work? I'm like, "Eh, whatever. Because if she's just gonna straight up at your face be like, you're old now. How is she gonna act five years? Right. Right. Or any time, you know, like, is she going to really hear me when I say this is the direction that I want to go in, you know? Like, this is all you can get. Yeah. And being a background on Law & Order, I'm I'm all set, dude. Like, I am all set. I can do background for, like, three days before driving to and from a set. I, like, want to drive into incoming traffic. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I think I'm just going to keep making cool shit. Like, I'm pretty happy doing that, you know? That makes sense. Uh, that meeting, it's a good story. That meeting, um, the first meeting I had there was with their like intern. His name was Jonathan. And he was like walking me around his little cubicle and showing me all of the things that this agency does. But it was very strange that he was just like pointing at like a framed ad from a magazine yeah. being like, this person came to us this year and see what they've done now. And, like, another picture, this person, and I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. Totally, like, okay, yeah, that's great. I'm really impressed. I'm really super impressed. This is, this is wonderful. So he, <laughs> he pulls a headshot out of a folder, and he's like, do you know who, do you know who he looks like? Who do you, who do you think he looks like about this headshot? Yeah. Blonde guy, chiseled jaw. And I went, Buzz Lightyear? <laughs> and he goes, no, he's the stand-in for Matthew McConaughey for True Detective. And we booked him. And I'm like, oh, I made a joke because I said a cartoon person that doesn't, doesn't need a stand-in, but he really looks like Buzz Lightyear. He didn't get it at all, like, n- like nothing. He's like, no, Matthew McConaughey. Like, huh, okay, yeah, I, I want to do that too. I want to be Matthew McConaughey's stand-in, I think. Yeah, that'll, that'll get, really get me out there. So where do you want to go professionally? Like, I know you just want to do cool shit, but, like, what are, besides the second season of K&A, what are some of the things you're like, oh, man, I would love to do a project like this or this type of role? Um, I'd like to produce more. So short term, I want to produce more here. That's not similar to K&A, but it has the same sort of message. Um, Stuff for females. I want different ages of females. I want to tell tell my, what I know to be my story and what might be my story, my fears, and my future. Um, probably shorts. Um, so producing-wise here, and now that I know a lot of people and have been doing this for a while, um, I, I just moved to Cambridge last February. But it was funny because I came down here already knowing the city and knowing people, and now I'm like, oh, you're like right down the street. Let's like write some stuff and do some performance and go do sketch open house and stuff like that. Um, and then for myself... I would love to. I would love to be on like a TV show, like a comedy TV show. Movies are fine, but from working on TV, uh, film, you know, feature-length film, shorts to sketches, you know, stuff that takes an hour to shoot or whatever. I like. I like. I think television is cool because you're with the same group of people for a while. You know, you can like form relationships 
uh, I think that like it's good work, you know. Um, hoping that more TV comes to Boston here because we get, we we get a lot of movies. We don't get a lot of television now. Yeah. So what sort of TV shows like what are some that are out now that you're like oh I'd like to work on something like that? I don't know. I think I I've been obsessively watching BoJack Horseman. Have you seen that? I know I wouldn't be on that. You'd be a voice on it. I, yeah, I love that. And voiceover is great because you can like wear pajamas and eat pizza, like, and you're like, this is amazing. I I enjoy that. I've done a little bit of that, and I loved it. Um, I, I, Amy Schumer is just my idol. I know she does sketch, but she does have recurring like recurring ladies that yeah. will that will show up on there. That's cool. You know, like Mindy Project, I think is pretty dope. So yeah, and TV now, and I don't mean like broadcast TV either, like of all the Netflix series, Amazon, stuff like that. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways to, like, crack into there now, I guess. Yeah. So what besides acting do you enjoy? Like, these are local things, but also, like, just random hobbies. Um, I'm into traveling. I'm kinda, I kind of am a true Sagittarius, and I have some wanderlust. Um, I'm going to go to Northern California in, like, a month for the first time. I'm so excited. Um, I would love to, I've been to Europe a few times and I would love to go back now like as an older person and do some like obscure places like Montenegro and like, you know, like Eastern Europe. Um, I'm dying to go to Sweden and Denmark. I just think that would be so different than here. Uh, Morocco, Morocco and Australia are probably like the most far flung that like I've had in my heart. I'm like, I have to go there. I have to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. As, as we've been talking about a little bit, I love eating. I love overindulging. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sort of a junkie, junkie with that. I'm, I'm seeing someone now um, that I hang out with a lot, and he's a chef, so, like, just, like, it's just that I, I, should, I should not be allowed to, like, hang out with chefs because it's just, it's just nonstop. Um, let's see, what else do I like? I'm into, I'm, I'm into fashion. Everybody probably knows that by now. Right now, viewers, you can't see, but I'm wearing an Alexander Wang hat that says Wang on it. And I'm waiting for the person in Boston that also bought this hat to show up in my life. I wear it all the time because I want someone. I have, I've had people stop me and say, and they know the hat. And I'm waiting to see on social media or in real life, I want to see someone else in Boston that also had this hat because then I know we'd be soulmates. <laughs> Our Wang hat. I'm hoping that not a lot of people listen to this, but I'm hoping maybe they've seen someone. Yeah. We are putting out the call oh, yeah. so that people now know. If you see a Wang hat, yeah. talk to Audrey. Yeah, you hit me up. I uh, Facebook suggested a friend to me the other day that was wearing a dress from this collection. I think we had like two mutual friends, and I'm like, I think Facebook knows that I would be friends with someone that is wearing Alexander Wang for H&M that just came out, and I saw it immediately. I was like, oh my God, that's like the dress that I wanted. Who is she? Can we be friends? Yeah. Like, I know we would immediately get along. Nice. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, just, yeah, just, just uh, traveling, eating, fashion, um, dogs. Dogs? Yeah, I like dogs. I'm a dog. Do you own a dog? I don't. I really want to, though. What kind? Um, any kind. I want, like, a big dog, one that I can kind of, like, use all of my power to like hug it and try to wrestle it to the ground and it's like pushing against me like a cat like like stop Audrey like that's too much snuggling um, so something that can sort of like hold like a full body hug and like throw down so that's I would like that someday I'd like a dog I'm not dog crazy like 
as in uh, this is a substitution for baby crazy, which is a thing. If you're a female and you're really into puppies, they're like, oh, well, that just means that your body wants a baby and you're just covering it up. And you're like, not being true to yourself. No, but I just really, honestly, just want a dog. Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> baby animals on Twitter. It's pretty much all I read all day. It makes me feel good about myself. I send pictures of stuff from that Twitter feed all the time on text messages. It's just easier than communicating. Just being like, this is how I felt when you weren't here. It's like a little baby turtle in someone's hand with its head down. So, yeah. That's like the only sentimental part of me, I think, is looking at like baby animals on Twitter. <laughs> so, you live in Boston now. Is there another city that you'd want to live in? And kind of describe that. I, I visited New Orleans last year for the first time, and I'd move there in a second. In a second. Um, they have, I think that their film office made the most money on films in the whole country last year than any other state. So I'm like just waiting for somebody to call or open a fortune cookie, and it just says, go now, go now. And I would go. Um, I can't live anywhere colder than here. I absolutely hate it. Um, I hate the winter. I hate being cold. I hate layers. I hate that feeling when you're showering in the winter and you take off all of your clothes and you look at your body, your, your like epidermis is finally touching the atmosphere and you're like, this is weird. I feel, I just feel exposed like a, like a plucked hen or something yeah. like that. I hate that. Um, Chicago's cool. My best friend lives there, but it's, it's just too cold. I want to go south. South, 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 yeah. Or, you know, overseas would be cool for a while. Yeah, why not? Do you speak any other languages? Uh, I speak Spanglish. Nice. I can sing the Polish national anthem, which I have done in bars. Why? Because I met a beautiful blonde girl, and she had a very interesting name, which I don't remember. And I was like, oh, where's, what's that name from? And she says, it's Polish. And I was like, are you, are you Polish or just Polish name? And she's like, no, I'm like 100% Polish. She was gorgeous. I just wanted to impress her. And I was like, well, I can sing the Polish national anthem. And she was like, what? And I just start, I just, just started singing. Friends that were there were like, you are so weird that you know this. She like laughed and clapped. She told all the rest of her friends. Like, I didn't know this girl. She told all the rest of her. She was like, she just sang the Polish national anthem. It was like, like the best pickup line ever. I just want to tell anyone who, like, and she was gorgeous. I just want to tell anybody to be like, if you just learn the national anthem in a language, like, it works every time. <laughs> so wait, did, why did you originally learn this? Oh, okay. Oh, so in high school, I was in chorus, and we had three, we had triplets, all females from Poland that were at our school, and they were also beautiful and blonde, and they juggled, and they all played classical violin, and they all sang and danced. It was like, you know... I don't know who their like stage mom was, but yeah. they were like, we will have you, you know, learn all of the tricks yeah. and go to America. And uh, so in honor of them, uh, we learned the Polish national anthem, of course. Nice. And I never forgot it. Yeah. And it was very useful to you. Yeah, clearly. Nice. I'm still I'm still milking that. <laughs> At bars, I don't know. I can I yeah, can definitely do that. Can you sing like a little bit of it right now? Yeah. So the chorus goes, Mosh Mosh Dabrowski. And it means like March, March Dubrovsky, like was like some kind of political leader. 
Maybe he killed people. Maybe he was a peacekeeper. I didn't learn any of that. The fact that he's marching doesn't bode well. Right. No, no, no. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of kind of creepy. Yeah. But yeah, can do that. So Span- Spanglish, Polish national anthem. Um, I speak like fake. Fr- I try to speak fake French a little bit. I wish I could speak French. I should. I should learn that. All right, I'm doing it. That can be my New Year's resolution. Learn French. I can do it. You can get tapes. Yeah. You can just get tapes. Oh my god, that's such a good idea. If you have time, there's Coffee Break French. I did that for a little while. Oh, cool. So you can speak a little too. Oui, je parle un peu de français, mais non très bien. Mais oui, très bien. That's great. I want to. If uh, if I can speak French in a year, I'll go to like Western, like West Africa, where they're where they're like French, like French side. Yeah, yeah. Fuck France. I want to go to, like, Seychelles, you know? Where is that? Isn't it off the coast of Africa? I believe you. Yeah. Like, I think it's, I know it's it's French Africa, so that makes me think it's off west coast of Africa, probably north-ish. Okay. Because I know people, I know you can get, you can, like, vacation there from Europe-ish. Oh. Yeah. French Polynesia. That food sounds delicious. Yeah. <laughs> I'd go there for that. Yeah, I'd go there for that. And then I can speak French, so, Yeah. <laughs> So what are the things in Boston besides Lord Hobo that you're like, all right, I want to tell everyone about this place. If someone's coming to visit me, we will absolutely go there. I heard you ask this on another podcast, and I was like, you better fucking have an answer, Audrey. Don't mess this up. It's like talking to someone really attractive. Like, don't mess up. Don't mess up. Do it. Um, I went to... uh, well, first of all, I really wanted to do this recording at Kendall Square Cinema. Yes. That's a very special place in my heart because um, we sort of, that reminds me of when we would do the 48-hour film project and go down there for the screenings. And uh, we've done really well in that, so it's always, like, very high drama, high stress, like, excitement, anxiety yeah, yeah. when I'm there. So I love, I love watching movies there. Um, sorry, I was just going to talk about movies. Brattle, Brattle Street Theater, uh, Coolidge Corner Theater. Um, any theater that you can get beer and also drink, I am so there. Um, I would, I'm, I'm a nerd, but I would take, I would, I would take people up to the North Shore because I think it's the most beautiful place. Yeah, yeah. There are cliffs in Magnolia, to like Gloucester area. Right before you get to Gloucester, there's a little, little tiny town. There's like five houses there called Magnolia and uh, you can park your car in this little dirt like three car like like spot walk through the woods there's like no path and it's like gorgeous miles of like rock cliffs and it's just I want to say like you can see like two houses while you're out there and we would go up there in college and like build fires and drink beers and stuff like that it's it's so cool Um, there's Singing Beach Manchester by the Sea and it's named Singing Beach because Something about the sand quality there. If you're barefoot and you kind of uh, shuffle step through the sand and uh, like kind of uh, um, push your feet into the sand at sort of a like like a stomp, it makes like a uh, like a um, chirping sound. Yeah, I don't. I, maybe all sand does this, but just there, that's what you do, and it's it's spectacular and gorgeous. Um, the best bar ever is called the Anchor Pub. Um, it's under the bridge between Beverly and Salem. Okay. And uh, it's all cash only, and they write their menu on a whiteboard, 
and it's just it's the most fabulous time but in the summer like right now yeah. I don't want to go anywhere <laughs> and I actively tell people don't visit me in right. the winter why would you do that that's dumb yeah. Do you like dry skin <laughs> and going to bed at 5.30? Please come visit me. <laughs> That's what I'm offering you. Okay, so besides the cold in the winter, what other things about Boston do you not like? Um, I, don't, uh, I don't like uh, the sort of um, separation between Cambridge-Somerville area and downtown. It's... I know it's a Manhattan, Brooklyn thing. You can find it anywhere in any major city, but it's annoying that you're like, ugh, 40 minutes of the tea. You know, it's the coolest party you've ever heard and your best friend is throwing. It's like, I'm not sure <laughs> if I can get all the way over there and back. Um, I wish there was more people here, I guess. Um, I wish there were more fashionable people here. Scratch that. I wish there were more fashionable people here. I think that... Isn't Boston the number one city for binge drinking? I think it's because last call is so early. That makes sense. So people drink heavier more quickly. Number one, so uh, city for most binge drinking and then the least fashionable major city in America, which I think they're both related, <laughs> right? <laughs> I thought that it was, no, that was, it wasn't least fashionable. It was worst looking was Philadelphia, I think. Oh, is that people or the stuff they're wearing? Really? Yes. I never thought, I, I haven't heard that at all. And so we have slightly better looking people, but they're cased in uglier clothes. It's just weird because I'm from like 20 minutes south of Philly. And it's like, you're not attractive. Go to Boston. You'll have to dress well and no one will care. Oh, gosh, that's awful. Um, yeah, so I guess I wish that there was a little bit more fashion. I think it's winter related, you know, the, the leggings into the Ugg boots oh, yeah. and the barber jacket you know, clones taking over. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, I wish that we would have the Olympics. Really? You're Because a lot of people are, like, hating on that hard. I know. I don't know. I think it would be cool. I, d I do. I think it would be really cool. I know it's expensive, but it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I don't think I'm going to be living here at that point, honestly. Um, that's, uh, what, 10 years from now? I don't, yeah, I don't think I'll be here, but I don't know. Maybe it's because I see myself long-term not staying here that I'm, like, nostalgic for, like, when it finally comes yeah. and be like, oh, yeah, Boston Strong, you know? I don't know. So weird. I guess they're going to do, like, construction to make us have the ability to house people and, oh, like, yeah. do all that. Oh, my God. I don't, I don't know any of the details, but it has to be infrastructure. It has to be millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yeah to fit that many people here in the summer. Yeah. I don't know why I just said Olympics. It just recently happened. And I have an opinion. Yes. I don't know. I like sports. Really? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Like, are you a Boston teams person? Uh, kind of, yeah. I, uh, I like physical. I like bodies. I like men. And uh, I think it's like competition gets me all kind of riled up, you know? Yeah. I like watching basketball and soccer because those people have the body types that I am interested in, I guess. So it's a weirdly shallow thing, but I'm like, I'll watch a soccer game. I'll watch a soccer game right now. I don't care. I could watch men's tennis and watch nothing else for the rest of my life. I am, And it's like such vertical energy and it's such like a mental game and just the way that it's such like a highbrow sport 
and everyone is very well behaved and it's like golf like I have my like golf wardrobe I just find all of that just so interesting I like basketball for the opposite like the rowdy like yeah. in your face I'm drinking a beer fuck yeah. you ref like I hate everybody so like hockey you, you you put your Bruins jersey on and you like amp up your accent you know what I mean yeah. and you you're drinking 40s on the way there like that whole process I find like very exciting and, and theatrical. I haven't gotten into professional wrestling though. No, I haven't. I haven't ever watched it. I don't know anything about it. But I think that for like the theatrical aspect, that's probably like the cream of the crop. I like boxing and MMA. I don't watch them enough to like know a lot about it, but I love like going over to somebody's house who has like pay-per-view. Oh People are drinking. There's like a spread of like hors d'oeuvres or whatever, and just like watching two yes. people duke it out like while you. Yeah. I love I, I don't watch boxing, and now I'm like, would I watch boxing? Would I do that? Um, but, yeah, just, like, the Super Bowl parties, like, playoff games. Uh, when the Bruins won the Cup last time, what was that, 2009, 2010? I, um, the, across from uh, where I lived was a house that was, like, college students. It was shocking. <laughs> Excuse me, and they were having a enormous party for the game, the finals, and when the and when they won, they all spilled out into the street. And this is in Beverly, Massachusetts. This isn't in Austin. This isn't Philly. This is in like a tiny suburban North Shore town that, like Delaware, in, inaccessible from a major highway. They're spilling out on the street, high fiving cars like people in cars have to slow down so they don't hit them and they're like high fiving the people in the car they have the big fake cup replica they're literally just running up and down the street and screaming and i was like this is insane these are these people are so happy they're so they're risking their lives to be happy to feel joy so yeah that's i i love all of that i like the patriots the best though why um i think like the legacy. I like that it's not Boston. I like that it's all of New England. Uh-huh. I feel like part of part of the greater the greater thing. Yeah. I love Tom Brady and I love Gronk. So, yeah. Yeah. So, oh wow, we've been doing an hour. Um, what are some of your final thoughts on Boston? Um, I want it. To, I want it to be the working city, like Chicago is. Okay. That people go to Chicago, insert Boston. And they're like, this isn't New York, this isn't L.A., but I'm going to work the hell out of my stuff, whatever that is. I'm going to put my nose to the ground. I'm going to connect. I'm going to use my resources. I'm going to go perform. I'm going to write whatever that means. I felt that very much when I visited Chicago. So I want that to be here more. I don't want it just to be like, oh, the students work hard, and then they go, you know, um, for the people that are here in the arts and doing creative things, whatever that is. I wish that... I want that to be like a little bit more close, like from the heart. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm hoping to be crowned like princess of the city, like in the next five years. I don't know what that means. I think I might just make it up. I'll get a crown. Yeah, whatever. I'm gonna do it. Not like, is it Tasty Pudding that does the what's the what's the Harvard Lampoon's award? No, what is it? It's not. What is it? You're, I don't know it. You're making the. I, this is the I don't know it face. This is um. Harvard Lampoon crowns, I think, a woman and a man every year, and they do a parade, and it's always, like, a huge celebrity. I can't believe I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, something like that, where it's, like, this weird Boston award that you're, like, that you, I get a tiara, and, like, I don't know, like, 
get mud thrown all over me or something. Like something weird, like something Boston and weird. Like you get to paint this fence, you know? Like everybody takes pictures, yay. Yeah. I think we could just set that up and do that if you wanted to. In the summer, of course, but yeah. Summer. Painting, yeah, painting in the summer. I like it. Overalls. Yeah. I have a little piece of straw on my teeth. Huck Finn. I like it. Guys, this has been Person About Town. Thanks so much for listening. What? Oh, uh, I'm supposed to say goodbye. Thank you for listening. Bye, guys.